During this series, we will explore the other side of sales, the people behind Amgen and Nephrology Nation. We will examine what makes us tick, what makes us unique, where do our interests lie outside of work, and what our jobs mean to us. The intent is to learn more about one another and build upon the already strong sense of community and family that we call Neph Nation. During this episode of the Neff Radio Podcast, your host, Casey Stoltzing, will be interviewing our infamous Director of Key Accounts, Glenn Gary. During their great conversation, they will be discussing, when you have 10 siblings, your parents have a tendency of running out of creative names. When looking for a wife, maybe the seminary isn't the best place to look? Why Glenn Gary received a restraining order in Beverly Hills for stalking, and finally, what Amgen means to me. We hope that you enjoy the conversation. Glenn Gary, welcome to Neff Radio. I am so excited you are here. Well, thank you, Casey. Just been loving the podcast. It's great. The questions you ask are, are just, it's been really entertaining. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. I, we really appreciate it. Kyle, Kyle and I really appreciate that. That's awesome. I'm glad you like it. And it's been a lot of fun doing these. And I have to admit, in the last couple of weeks, since I knew I was going to be reaching out to you and doing this, I've been really, really excited. You are one of the funnest, nicest, most energetic people that I know. And the first question I've got to ask, because it's just on my mind, every time I listen to you present or talk to you is where does the Glen Gary fuel come from? Is this, in, is this inherited? Do you have a family member that is like <laughs> you? Or is this just Glenn developing over time into what we know? Um, I gotta ask. Well, I we, appreciate We, we wanna know. <laughs> no, it, it comes right from my dad, actually. He was, uh, his, his name was uh, Les Gary. He, he died uh, some years ago, actually multiple myeloma which uh, oh. now Amgen's working on a drug with, but it was uh, back in uh, 1997, but he, that's where I got the spirit. And then my grandfather, which you'll love this. What do you name a kid back in 1887 who had 11 other brothers? Oh my. And they ran out of names. So they named him <laughs> last name, Gary, take a guess. You ever uh, how about Gary? I don't know. No, not Gary, Gary, but close. <laughs> it runs. Take um, I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. Um, okay. This is 1887. So this is a long time ago. So this would have to be a name probably used back in. Uh, oh, really? How about Harry? Yes. Harry Gary. Really? And Harry was, uh, you know, uh, he came, his dad came from Ireland and that's We'll get into that. But yeah, Harry Gary was the same way. And he was amazing. And uh, awesome. and then, believe it or not, he owned a dairy. So they called it Harry Gary's Dairy. <laughs> so that's where all that is where all this comes from. Good, that good, is good milk. That good, good milk. Hey, you like they used to say, right? Does a body good, right? Milk, yes. I guess. Yep. And um, well, I'm telling you, your energy is infectious. And obviously, it's been passed down from generation to generation, from Harry Gary's dairy to your father to you. And, and, and my mom we, had some. 
my mom had something to do with this. So, oh, so. sure. Well, sure. Of and, course. And again, I know we'll get into a thousand stories and we have well, 30 minutes. They, we, they actually, they met in the Marines. How about that? I didn't put that. They, my oh, mom, really? my mom was a Marine. How cool is that? And my wow, dad. Wow. What did you, what, what did your mom do in the Marines? Like what was her? I, I'm not exactly sure. I think that, you know, what they did, but it was in the, in the fifties there and, okay. um, in Camp Pendleton, they met uh, wow. in San Diego. So that is very cool. I should man. ask that. I'll ask that my mom next time specifically. I've, I've traveled with her. We went to, she went to Paris Island is where she, she's originally from San Francisco. Actually, we'll get into this later, Casey, but she's from your area up there. And, really? Up yeah. in the Sacramento area? Okay. Even more. The name your town again. We, Auburn. I'm in Auburn, Auburn right now. Yep. She's she from, oh, really? That's she has cool. a relative there. So we're connected. Oh, awesome. Well, uh, big thanks to your parents for their service, of course. And um, uh, yeah, your mom obviously definitely has a big part of who you are, of course, today. And uh, and we're the beneficiaries of all their hard work and their genes that they passed down. And we're we're grateful for all you do for us and uh, the smiles you bring to our faces. Okay, so I'm going to dive into something. Now that I know that um, this is going to be interesting because I know the... Glenn Gary energy is, is a genetic thing from family members that, that, uh, that you've got, but you wanted to be somebody <laughs> and it sounded, it, you, you said in your bio that you always wanted to do this. Now yeah. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because something happened. You, you went to two schools, uh, two colleges. And at one point you changed, went to another university you met your future wife and all the plans that you thought you were going to do just were gone. So I want to know this side of Glenn Gary. Some people may know it. Most of us probably don't, but tell us about your, your want that you thought you'd do and how that all changed. Sure. How it changed or how it began. I, you know, I've been very vague in my introduction sure. right there. So Absolutely. you got to, I want you to give us the details. Yeah. Of, yeah. So it starts, and everyone's wondering. Some some people know all this, a lot of people. But no, ever since I was a very little kid, one of those first kind of memories, I wanted to be a priest. And uh, I grew up in, uh, you know, a family that, you know, we go to church. And then I went to uh, Catholic grade school uh, in Pierre, South Dakota. Uh, not You probably learned it as Pierre, which most people do, but we call I it did, Pierre. Yes. Okay, yeah, it's Pierre. Okay. Pierre. We call it Pierre state capital of South Dakota. And uh, yeah, I was people, my best friend was going to be a firefighter. One was going to be a doctor. I was going to be a priest. And, and, and it was kind of, uh, but it, it continued. It, uh, I, I wasn't uh, talking about it a lot. Very, my parents kind of knew that that's what I wanted to do. And, and then I went to a regular public high school, but that senior year, I'm, I'm going to what we call the seminary. So I went to a seminary, which was part of a Catholic um, college in Winona, Minnesota called St. Mary. So it was like going to a regular college, a liberal arts college, but I stayed in like a, <laughs> you'd like, it's like a frat house. Okay. Uh, the opposite. Trust me. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, we had mass every morning at, you know, six thirty in the morning we had night prayer and it was pretty, it was pretty rigid. And um, so uh, that was, now it takes eight years well, to be a priest. I went to, now here's the part that you're asking about. When I quote left the seminary, I still wanted to be a priest. I was just kind of like, I need to take some time because it was kind of serious. It was a pretty serious 
seminary. Um, I mean, not that there's unserious seminary. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I was listening to our, our friend, uh, uh, Mark Zach was, uh, St. Thomas actually had a more, less, not as stringent. And I almost went there. Ah. But I, so I went to the University of South Dakota and uh, was still in communication with, uh, we call it a vocation director, who's a priest. Uh, I was uh, going to just get my degree and then go on to the the four years. And that's when you really do all the learning to be of the priest aspect. And then that's where I met my wife at the University of South Dakota. And that ended going into the priesthood. And that was it. <laughs> and... And it sounds from like from what you wrote in your bio that you were actually uh, you're pretty happy with how it all worked out. Yes. And she's almost happy with that. But, um, <laughs> 30, 33 years this month, I think. Do you believe that? So you were married in 1988, 87. So did I do the math wrong? Is it 34? You, no, you'd be 34 because I oh. was married in 87 also. Oh, and okay. this, is, this is my 34th year too with my wife. Okay, great. Well, thanks for helping me that. Now, okay. I only remember you the don't day. want to mess up no. the number here, Glenn. We, we've got to get that right. No. Okay, Casey, I got to ask because I love how oh, uh, you bring out the personal stuff. What What's your date? What What date were you married? If I can uh, December 29th, 1987. Oh. Okay, ours is coming up April twenty fifth. That's awesome. Nineteen eighty seven. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah, you got eight months on me. You, so okay. I'm going to come to you for marriage advice because you got. Yeah, no. But thanks for letting me know. It's thirty four years. Yes, it's thirty four this year. <laughs> All right, I'll write that in the card. Oh, that is that is awesome. I love it. Well, that is cool. That's cool. And you actually taught um, religion in high school, I think, right? And you were a speech teacher. Um, after it sounds like after you got out of college, is that right? Yeah. So the cool part was, is that I, I, I taught in three different Catholic schools right out of college and not, uh, so it was one was right in, um, in, um, uh, went to Minneapolis. Um, then I went to, it's not on the sheet. I went to the Caribbean. I taught a year in uh, St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. Wow. And then I went back to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So, oh, very Cool. Living in the Caribbean for a year yeah. teaching. That's, then, that's awesome. The Didn't know that. My wife taught at the same school. As well. Okay. So okay. Oh, you were married at that time. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, twist, twist most of our arms that go and work in St. Thomas. I think most of us would sign up for that. That's kind of cool. Uh, to be uh, honest, I really struggled. It was hard. It, it, no, it really was. It was kind of mm. like missionary work. We were working to the Catholic church. Uh, the, the, the poverty was, was, was tough. And then I, they call it kind of rock fever or, you know, being on an island. And it, it was it was a great year, but it, it was like one when you when you don't have any money, it, it's hard. I got you. So. Yeah. Well, Glenn, um, that that's actually really cool. And, the you know, that type of service to other people, even though it's super hard, is is commendable. That's, that's a, that's a tough thing to do for a lot of people. I can, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. Cause I know in every interview that I do, I usually share some personal thing. And yeah. besides the fact that we were married the same year, but <clears throat> I actually went to seminary for four years in high school, every morning before high school. Wow. And so I can relate, you know, and uh different faith, but I did that. And then um, went on a two year mission. So I, oh, you and I actually, <laughs> have a lot in common on that side. So, um, great. 
Yeah, very, very cool. Well, that's awesome, Glenn. I don't know how many people didn't know that about you, but now they do. And um, that's that's a pretty neat part of your life. Um, I love it. Um, Glenn, you transitioned at some point from that side of your career and into something completely different. Um, and you've turned what you do now into something that is, well, you number one, you do an amazing job of what you do, but you also do a lot of good for a lot of people. And um, I want to know the transition. And then I want to talk about some of the other fun stuff that you do, part of your job, outside of your job. So how did you get where you are now? Yeah, it's a, this is wild. So I actually, I was teaching in high school, Catholic high school. You, I got to tell this real quick. So my wife, uh, teaching religion, my wife's classroom was right next door. Okay. And you want to talk about, I've been told I can be loud. I, I don't know, but I've been told. <laughs> and, and so there'd be once in a while, there'd be a banging on the, on the, on the wall uh, from one of her students, or they'd come and have to tell me, hey, could you keep it down or we were doing some kind of skits or something crazy. And I, my poor wife had to put up with me for one year <laughs> next to each other. But so I was, uh, I was uh, teaching religion. I was doing the speech. I got involved uh, doing a lot of retreats uh, and then also worked with uh, high school counselors. Now I'm not a counselor. Long story short, I, I, a psychiatric hospital came to town and they needed someone to do marketing and I knew somebody and I'm like, I want to, I want to get into that. And so my first real sales was calling on high school counselors to talk about a psychiatric hospital. That okay. was like everyone else. That was the jump. Now I had always sold, I sold newspapers. I had been, I was one of those people who, you know, sold lots of uh, raffle tickets growing up. <laughs> being, being in the Catholic church, we were constantly asking money and I had no problem uh, you know, selling tickets to raffles and bingo. But bottom line is that got me into pharmaceuticals, uh, uh, AstraZeneca, then worked for a small company called Day Laboratories doing the EpiPen. And yeah. then 2003 got into Amgen. Awesome. Yeah. You've been here, what, 18 years now? Yes. Holy yep. cow. I listen, I, um, at some point in the middle or maybe before, you you have a passion for certain things. <laughs> you uh, obviously sales is in your blood, um, and so this was a, a natural transition into this industry. But um, I, I want to know now that we know how you got into the uh, pharmaceutical industry, sort of kinda. You also weave into what you do here by taking people places and telling people about the rich history and interesting facts and famous people uh, in Southern California. How did you get into that? And um, I've been a part of one of those, you, you're a tour guide basically, and I've been a part of one of them. I wanna know how did that all happen? Where's your passion for all that come from? Yeah, I think first of all, it, it comes from being from South Dakota. I love South Dakota. <laughs> It's boring, right? <laughs> I know you've had people from Minnesota. Minnesota has trees. South okay. Dakota, we, we, yeah, we have like five, I think. No, but um, <laughs> it's beautiful. There, there's some beautiful prairie and stuff like that. But I really kind of think it's like when I first came here, it was like, oh, my gosh. And and I, I was thinking about it. 
it was like then once people start coming to visit, you know, other South Dakota people, it's like, you got to show them around. And <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what it was. It's just that fascinating growing up and I'll, I'll age myself here. But the first really thing that blew my mind was when I got to see the Brady Bunch house. That was like, oh, my God, the Brady Bunch house. There it is. And it's like your whole childhood comes back, you know, and <laughs> that the goal I'm still after. I am going to find that Partridge family bus somewhere. somewhere. Oh, yeah. I know it exists. No, it doesn't. I've actually tried to find it. But that was <laughs> it. So it was it was mainly when people came over, um, you know, came to visit and it was like they enjoyed it. And then I thought about, you know, new hires. They would come out and it all actually, I used to give a kind of an overview of the NBU going back with Diane Parks. And it was like, somehow I caught thinking these folks have been here at the time. I'd always do it a little later in the middle. They're out here and some of them never get to see it. So it was like, nope, I'm going to take a couple hours, get them down, show them point doom and come back. And that's how it started. Nice. Yeah, I, I actually got to be part of one of those. It was an awesome tour. We got to even go by your house, which was very <laughs> exciting. We got to meet your family and one of your kids, I think, was home and your dog Snoopy. And then we were off on this amazing adventure. And you're an incredible tour guide, I have to say. Well, thank you. I think so, some of it has to do with I, I actually do really like history, right? And I know some of it's just like, well, is it Hollywood history? Or it's like something cool happened here, right? And I, when I travel, and, and this year's been tough, but uh, I'll, like Boston's one of my favorite towns. I have to go there, uh, you know, with some of the customers I had, I, you know, everything that happened there or, but I'll, I'll find history anywhere, but I'll find it here. You know, like I always said, it's just, it blows my mind that four miles from my house, if you remember the tour, those who've been on, I mean, I think I've done like 30, 35 of them. As you go down this big hill, there's now a college, but it's the, you know, it used to be a state hospital that, that supposedly, you know, the Eagles wrote in Hotel California. I think that's the coolest thing in the world. Now, I, it, it's got to be true. It's in the internet. You can find <laughs> that in the internet, so, so it's true. Totally has to be true. But it's stuff like that I'm constantly finding and uh, and, and read about in the, the L.A. Times or or really is fascinating when a star moves from one place to the other. They, they don't ever give the address, but all you got to do is go on realtor.com and you can find it and I'm in. <laughs> I do totally remember you driving by the college and pointing out that that was the the hospital that the Eagles wrote the song after hotel California. I remember yeah. that. And, and, but so interesting. So you are, you're just on your radar is up all the time trying to find interesting facts. And then you're, you're in, you're, you're going to go and find it and find whoever lived where. And that's cool. Glenn. Very, well, where, the other thing is very cool. Part of this is actually where something was filmed as you probably know. And, uh, and it just so happens. I still think that and I still get chills every time I go to that point doom to think of the spot where they filmed Planet of the Apes. Right. <laughs> That's that where the Statue of Liberty came or um, the dude, uh, the big Lebowski was filmed. There. There's been like 30, 40 films that have been filmed on that point doom area. And anyway, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's I, guess, I blame it on being from kind of boring South Dakota. Well, I that well, yeah, that's the impetus to do it, right? I mean, you now you've got a place with lots of interesting things and more than five trees, so you've got to show people that stuff. Yes, 
I think just as fun as the tour was and seeing everything that you were all excited about that was exciting to see was driving with you in your van at, uh, at uh, least yeah. at the time. That was, that was very exciting too. Glenn, I got to ask you about this because I know this is a big passion of yours is St. Patty's day, St. Patrick's okay. day. Where does your love and your desire to have a huge party every year come from? Right. Well, I'm glad I, I brought him up. Uh, Harry Gary, um, he, yeah, he lived to be 98 years old. And, um, but he would actually, uh, very Irish, he would sing songs, he'd make cookies. And it just became part of our family to, to be Irish and, and that. And so it is interesting. I brought up where it is fascinating story how my wife and I were in the Caribbean in St. Thomas. It was now March, you know, uh, 17th and it was coming up and we had just immersed ourselves into uh again we were working at the the local school and it it was there's a lot of poverty and we thought you know time to kind of i say this no give back in a way or teach back to like hey we want to share something about our culture and that was everybody is irish on saint patrick's day so that's the name of the party and um and so the very first one and we never thought more so the very first one was in st thomas wow. and uh it was cool and so i gotta tell you it was it was neat it was uh you know all the faculty came and then even my boss who was the principal and i always say this my boss's boss who was the bishop at the time of the church that's the head of the catholic church in the, the caribbean well that guy um he was very irish his name is sean o'malley Sean O'Malley now is a cardinal in Boston, and actually he was he didn't he didn't win, and they don't win, but he he was being <laughs> speculated, okay, possibly being pope. Could you wow. imagine that? We had, but we had a a, a prominent <laughs> cardinal at one of our St. Patrick's Day parties, so that's kind of the cool tie. But then yeah. we then we came back to South Dakota, and we thought we got to have that party again, and so that was the second. And then we've had one every single year. And then back this year, we did have it and COVID screwed up and I didn't really get the invite out, but we, we had the party and it was mainly my daughter and my son and just my family, <laughs> but we had the party. Awesome. You kept the tradition alive. It's just a small, small group this time. Yes. Instead. Yeah. So, so it's always a, a, a year. So you're right. I'm being married 34 years and this was the 33rd annual party. So the party's one year behind being married something like uh, that. that's that is so cool i love it i love it yeah you got to keep it going next year you know hopefully it'll be uh party back in session right yes everybody's irish party back in session yeah. that's that is cool um that's great glenn well i'll tell you uh for those who get to experience the future glenn gary tours and um and get to experience some of your energy on stuff like that um I highly recommend it. You're very, very lucky. I love how you uh, got a passion for that just from living in South Dakota. Yeah. And, um, and I, love, Casey, I love your I, history I, too. I tell I you, this feel, is great. I feel sorry. This is a, this is a pandemic aspect, right? These poor, wonderful new hires that we have. They're, they're <laughs> incredible. We've gotten some really good classes, but it's been a year now. I've had yeah. to do it virtually, right? So I don't know. If Are you, you driving know. around with your, no, with your phone, holding your phone I, out the window? <laughs> we actually, so first of all, I go, I go through national accounts. I actually, it's been a better presentation than me giving it while I'm trying to drive down a windy road. But, <laughs> but then I actually show pictures of Malibu 
And then, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, Cliff and you know Neptune's Net. It's not as good, but I cannot wait. Yeah, you. Yeah. we ate there. I, yeah, you took us there. That was cool. Well, yeah, that definitely is not as good, watching a uh, PowerPoint slideshow uh, and being with you. So whoever gets to do it next, they're, they'll be lucky. But uh, yeah. listen, speaking of touring and getting around, you have a new toy, Glenn, that I want you to share with us uh, the coolness of this new toy. Tell us what it is. Yeah, well, it's uh, one of those electrical bicycles. So uh, luckily, <laughs> I think I got it right before right at the beginning of the pandemic and the, the there's good and bad with it. The, the, the really good is that you go anywhere in Hills and actually it's part of my touring. So what I do, I I'll uh, throw it in the car and I'll go into LA and then I'll just pick a, you know, on the weekend, I'll pick a section of LA. I want to map and tour. And of course I've done, uh, I've done uh, Beverly Hills and all the places and they just think you're, you know, they don't, uh, they used to always look at my minivan saying, where is he driving around like that? Now they just <laughs> see me. So, so you really get a tour and have some fun. The sad point is <laughs> zero calories being burnt. Zero. Right. There is no exercise at all. It's well, like this, little motorcycle. It, it helps you to focus on, you know, your, uh, you know, finding famous people's homes. You can That's concentrate right. better without burning all those calories. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, on a fancy electric bike, you'll probably fit right into riding through Beverly Hills, right? As opposed <laughs> yeah. to a, a van. It, they'll be, they, they think you're a neighbor or something. So That's right. That's little right. do they know that you're yeah. trying to find their house. Yeah. I, I do have to say, though, being out here, uh, I, you know, live close to Amgen and, you know, Amgen, uh, corporate people are big into biking and I come across and I know you bike. I feel a little bad. Sometimes I <laughs> ride my electric bike and I'm in, yeah, my jeans and, you know, not wearing anything. I do wear a bike helmet. That's what you really got to do because, you know, I'm getting up to the speeds that you normally ride. And, um, <laughs> but, but it's fun on Hills. There's these professional bikers and I'm just whizzing right by them. And I kind of feel guilty, but Hey, you know, same uh, electric bike. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I can picture it right now. I would love to. I would love to be on a bike and have you just fly by me just to experience it. That would be very cool. <laughs> now, uh, the question is: Is uh, Tour de Vida are they gonna are they gonna allow you to just fly by everybody and wave next time? Yeah, no, I I got a feeling Tour de Vida won't won't go electric, but we'll we'll see. That'd be <laughs> then I could keep up with Kyle maybe a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah, he likes to lap people just to, to you know, just for fun because he's good. Not because no. not because he's showing off, just because he's he can, just because he can't. No, no, I, I will say yeah. for the record for that because yeah. Kyle runs all this. What Kyle does is pretty amazing. He goes out and helps people, and he's actually helped me. What he'll do, he'll go around and then he'll actually put his hand out on someone's back and help them as they're going up a hill. It's That's pretty awesome. amazing. That's that sounds like Kyle that's the for sure. Spirit of the ride that Kyle does. That's that is fantastic. That's awesome. Um, Glenn, before we wrap this up, <clears throat> you've been with Amgen for eighteen years. You've got a really cool life story. I wish we could talk another thirty minutes to get more. <laughs> I love I love how your sales background kind of got you into the industry. And how you took your passions and love for life, literally, and you share it with other people. And you literally ramp up the energy in a room as soon as you start talking. And it is awesome. Uh, we want to know what Amgen's meant to you. And if you've got some advice 
especially, especially for folks that maybe are new to Amgen or just needing a pick-me-up. Advice for life, advice for smiling when, when life's tough, maybe at work or at home. Share that with us, too. Wow, you got it. So, first of all, I think with Amgen, that's uh, when I think about it, I always think way back, I don't know if it's, it was true. It's not just on the internet. There was some brochure or something way back. But it was actually harder to get into Amgen than Harvard. They, huh. they would say stuff. And it was based on, I think, at one time and still now, the number of applications. And sometimes we take a look back. It's like, wow. And I, it had always been on my radar. Uh, and I think a lot of people, it's just for, so first of all, it it's really a cool place. Um, and then I think actually being here in the headquarters has really opened up the eyes of I the thing that comes to my mind is they, they just treat us well, right? It's kind of like, and I know a lot of it's corporate America and stuff like that, but I just think of things that have gone on or, you know, we have a giant fire or something bad. I've always felt they're going to, they're going to always do what's right. So I've always felt that. And, uh, and then you live it. And then like this pandemic stuff, it was like, yeah, let's have some days off here or there, you know? And I don't know. They just, they kind of get it. And that, that's what, what makes it helpful for me. When I think of uh, advice, um, and I, I think, first of all, just with Amgen, and I, uh, I remember uh, listening to Trey's, and it was cool listening to him. And it's listening to everyone, and there's always something to learn. But how he said, you know, I think he's 17 years and seven jobs and stuff. And that's, and I know it may be harder for people out in the field, but ask, ask, hey, what, ask your manager, hey, I want to try something. I want to do something different. And uh, I've been able to do that along the way, even in, in the area of nephrology. So the advice is ask. And that's the beautiful thing because people at Amgen, they want to help. So, um, and they, they care. They care about, you You hear it all the time with all your interviews. It's like, it's the people. So the other equation of that is ask, don't be afraid and uh, go from there. And then not the, and then what happens is that person does the same thing. You know, it's like then they're, they're asking and, and it goes on and on. Well, that's awesome advice. I love it. Because sometimes we, we think we're an island. We think we're alone. Yeah. But there's other people that have gone through it when maybe what we're experiencing or at least can relate and they want to help. Right. And so by asking, you know, we're not throwing up a white flag. We're just saying, Hey, you know, I, you know, help me out, lift me up. Kind of like what you said about Kyle on the ride, right? He puts his hand behind somebody's back and kind of gives them a little extra nudge. Yeah. So that's awesome advice to just, to just ask. And uh, whether it's an opportunity to do something different or just for a pick me up. And uh, that's great. Glenn. I love it. Yeah. I love it. If you were to encapsulate from 1887 to <laughs> 2021 in the Gary family, because honestly, you're an awesome guy. I don't know one person at Amgen who doesn't love you. And because of, because of just who you are and your energy, and it's a company filled with awesome people. It's a nephrology team that's filled with awesome people. And you're a, you're a cog and a part in that, an important part in that. But I love your story, your family. So take us, you know, um, Let's see, that would be uh, 134 years of Gary history. 
summarize an awesome message to end this <laughs> podcast on some family wisdom, Glenn, just lay it out there. Whatever comes to your mind. I think what comes to my mind is be curious, right? Be curious in places. And, and as much as I, you know, think it only doesn't happen in California or other places, or I mentioned Boston. No, even, even in South Dakota, there are some really cool things. So being curious. And then that leads, be curious about other people and then what that leads to. And I don't mean to, it's, it, it ends up, you end up wanting to help that person. And that's, and that's what I see again at Amgen and other people. It's like, we naturally want to help one another because we're curious. So ask questions, be curious and uh, find the excitement wherever it is, even in beautiful prairie without any trees. <laughs> well said, Glenn. Well said. <clears throat> Thank you so much for being on today. All right, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Oh my gosh. Hey, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, man. It's a compliment. I'll take it. All right. And and that's Neff Radio. I found that episode with Casey and with Glenn not only inspiring, educational, fun, funny, but I also learned a lot. And I'm reminded often to number one, be curious. Number two, listen. And number three, Always lend a hand on the back when somebody needs one. I hope you enjoy the show.